Okay. I'm so excited for this interview episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. I'm going to introduce David formally in just a moment, but David, you've generated over $1 billion in sales with your copywriting. And I just want to dive right in. You've had countless conversations with novice and early career copywriters. And I want to know from you, what's something that you know now after a billion dollars in sales that most novices get completely wrong or don't understand about copywriting? I think the biggest thing that I see with novices, and sometimes even with people who are very experienced, is that they write from a writing part of their brain, right? They're actually writing. They're like, okay, this word, this word, um, what comes next? I'm going to say this next. No, not that word. And they, the best writers, it's like they're just talking onto the page, right? If yeah. uh, I'll never forget when I met Gary Halbert, it was like talk, you know, hearing him speak was like reading his newsletter. There was no difference in the way he talked and the way he wrote. And I think the best writers, they're not writing, they're not composing so much as they are speaking to you directly. They access that part of themselves that's, you know, really good at, just like we're all really good at persuasion, right? Like you could yes. convince your wife to have a certain thing for dinner or go to a certain movie, you know, do something, you know how to persuade, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And we all have that. But then we sit down to write. We don't access that part. So I think in when I train people and when I train writers, it's it's a lot of that. It's not like, OK, you should write this and not write this and don't use so many adjectives and do this. It's more like helping them access that part of themselves. These are the proven direct response, marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. Okay, I have I have more thoughts, and I want to go deeper down that rabbit hole, but uh, now's the point where I'm supposed to do the formal introduction. So uh, let's do your bio. Uh, David, thank you for being on. Uh, who is David Deutsch? If you don't know, like if you're in the copywriting world and you, I, I still remember when Ken McCarthy told, said, do you know who Gary Bensavenga is? And I didn't. And he's like, okay, you need to know. Well, I feel that way about introducing you too, David. Um, so David started his career on Madison Avenue at David Ogilvy's Ogilvy & Mather, one of the top advertising agencies in the world. He's been a creative director at both traditional advertising agencies and uh, a large direct response agency. He became one of the go-to A-list writers for boardroom uh, and bottom line publications. And he's had as many as what, six controls in the mail for them at one time and is responsible for one of their most successful launches ever. His promotions have sold over a billion dollars worth of goods and services. Uh, he's he's a master of and has had huge successes in all forms of direct response. So, you know, came up in direct mail, but he, it's been envelope and maglog mailings, internet sales letters and promotions, video sales letters uh, for products, everything from Maxwell's House Coffee and American Express to MIT and Caltech to dog collars and diapers. Uh, he's written for virtually all the major health and financial publishers, Boardroom, Rodale, Agora, Investor Place, Soundview, Healthy Directions, Barton Publishing. Uh, as well as many leading supplement marketers, including Beverly Hills MD, which is one of uh, of the Golden Hippo brands, 
for a book on, he says, the deadly dull subject of estate planning. He did a promotion that was so interesting and compelling that the book became one of Boardroom's best-selling books ever. He was on the faculty of the famous and infamous Gary Halbert Key West College of Millionaires seminars. Um, you didn't have this in the bio, but you are one of the Mount Rushmore of Titan copywriters <laughs> from the Titans of Direct Response. Uh, David has mentored, coach trained, and creative directed writers and copy teams in the US and around the world, including Germany, China, Singapore, England, Colombia, Brazil, Scotland, and Romania. Geez, I have to catch my breath. He's the author of an acclaimed course on creativity, which is being updated and to be re-released soon, as well as a book on marketing and co-authored a, a guidebook to Bermuda. And he's also known for his killer impersonations, Bob Dylan, Bullwinkle, Walter Brennan, Barney and <laughs> Ethel Merman, for, for winning an impromptu juggling contest at an AWA dinner in Delray Beach, and for a mean La Bamba, uh, which I actually saw Henry Bingaman's cell phone video of you in Paris uh, doing La Bamba <laughs> at, a, <laughs> at, a, at a private party uh, in, in Florida. So... <laughs> I, I, I thought I paid him not to show that. I I, I, <laughs> I must have not made my annual payment to him. That private. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So that 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 writing tidbit in the beginning. Um, what I was thinking there is um, is there's like a there's a performative aspect that we learn to to mm -hmm. writing, um, and it seems like the more you can get out of your own way and this is something that that clearly you're you're teaching copywriters to do the more you can get out of your own way from the perspective of i have to perform this the better copy you're going to write um have you have you read uh or are you familiar with denny hatch's book method marketing sure sure okay definitely love, has to do with that yeah i love that cuz it's cuz cuz it it showed examples of you know bill bonner um, great copywriter and how as a copywriter, he's able to sit down and write great copy, but also how people who, who weren't copywriters, who didn't, who weren't hamstrung by the, by the knowledge of what copywriting is supposed to be, were able to, to do that. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So let's, let's go back a few weeks ago. You published, you published a video. I think it started as a TikTok video and that's what I felt like um, allowed me to break the wall and say, hey, David, would you be willing to, to come talk to me on Zoom for a little bit so I could do a podcast interview with you? And you explained a, an exercise on learning to write better copy that I just thought was brilliant, like a better exercise than I'd ever heard. And, and you know, I've studied copywriting exercises to write better. So would you mind sharing that exercise, breaking it down, and maybe we can dive into what you think makes it so effective? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, you, you, people, I think, are familiar with the idea that, you know, hand copying copy, right? And that that's yeah. very good for you. You hand copy copy. Even memorizing copy can be very good for you. It really, you know, gets it in your brain. Um, but there's like, an element in between memorizing and hand copying, right? And that is to review something and get kind of an outline of it, right? Okay, it opens like this, it, it goes here, then it goes here, then there's the offer or whatever it is. Even if it's only a couple of paragraphs, you can kind of just kind of say what each thing is, right? And yeah. then you study the copy 
Okay, let me get clear. How does he do this? You know, okay, okay, okay. And then it's like, okay, now you do it, right? You write it based on that. So, and it's so it's so interesting to do that because you see it's not as easy as you think it's going to be, <laughs> right? And you yeah. see, how did he make that? How did he go from that opening? How did he then connect that to the product? I can't for the life of me figure out how to do it. And then when you go back to the ad and you see how that great copywriter did it, you learn something in a whole different way, right? Because it was a problem that you tried to work out for yourself. Yeah. So, so what you're describing is instead of just hand copying the copy, you have to like dissect it and you have to see what's going on inside. You have to see like, okay, this sentence is getting, or maybe not sentence because then it's too tight, but like this section is trying to convey this idea. And this section is conveying this idea. And then you're challenging us as writers to try to try to do that ourselves. Um, so I, I love the problem solving aspect of it. That, that's something that you've you've written about before that you had the whole course on like creative, creative problem solving. Right. Um, are, can you can you. Can you speak to what's going on in our in our brain as we're trying to work out those problems or or um, how that's helping us grow in, in being able to write copy? Yeah. Um, you know, the idea of. I mean, everything is a problem in a certain way, right? How do I sell this thing? How do I open this copy? How do I make the turn from the opening into the into the product itself? Right. How mm-hmm. do I talk about yet another weight loss uh, supplement, you know, without making people think, oh, another weight loss supplement? I've heard all this before. Right. That's a yeah. time. It's a problem. And those problems have all been solved previously. Right. Somebody, you know, Brad Howard recently did a thing called Research, right, where he took a weight loss product and he kind of merged it with a sleep insomnia product, right? Because there's a connection between not getting sleep and weight loss, right? The longer okay. you're up, the more you eat, you wake up in the middle of the night. Um, a lot of the same things that cause um, that cause insomnia, cause weight loss. So he really made that product unique by kind of combining it with something else, which is a kind of a creativity technique, right? How do you combine two things? to make something new. But that was that was his way of solving that problem, right? Yeah. Uh, another way that he solved the problem before that was with Venus, where he made the weight loss product be for women only, right? Yes. And so all of a sudden it became like a new thing. Like this is made for women because women have very specific. And then he that did so well, he made one that was Adonis, which was only <laughs> for men. So, you know, I, I like to say that it's hard to learn how to write better, right? Yeah. It's a craft and you got to really devote yourself to it. And there are going to be other people that can write better than you, right? Um, Absolutely. But it's easy to be an expert in the history of weight loss and the different ways that that problem has been solved, you know, from a copy point of view, from a marketing point of view, from a creative point of view, by studying things like, you know, what Brad did with research, what Brad did with Venus. Right. What did what did the weight loss ads in the 1920s look like? How were they different from the weight loss ads in the 1930s? 
the 1940s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, right? What's, yeah. the, what's the difference between a weight loss ad from 10 years ago and from today? Because a lot of the biggest problems, I think, with people when they bring me copy is that the copy seems like weight loss copy, financial copy, whatever it is, from 10 years ago, right? Because they don't okay. know how the market has evolved in a, you know, Gene Schwartz level of awareness, however you want to look at it sort of way, you know, but. So, so this, that's, that's challenging because you end up in a, in a situation where you both have to know how the market has evolved so you can do something different, but also there are opportunities because things go around in cycles. I mean, mm -hmm. Uh, 80s fashion is back in, right? right and right. and it could be that the, you know, uh, 2012 weight loss or financial messages don't make sense today. But, well, I shouldn't even talk about the stock market. Um, but but a, but a message from from another decade prior or another decade prior is just waiting for its its turn back around on the cycle. So, Mm -hmm. So history can teach us both ways, right? It can teach us what not to do today because it's it's too familiar and what has dropped out of awareness to, to come back in. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. And you know, sometimes it's not as simple as doing the exact same thing. Sometimes it's like, okay, I can take this element from 1920s, you know, ads, but I can modernize it. Because yeah. Obviously, today we've got a very different sensibility about advertising, right? We, yes, modern sensibility of you know we're kind of hip to advertising, right? So yeah. advertisers now talk to us more like, "Hey, we know you know we're trying to sell you something, but we're cool and we're going to be upfront about it, and you know, hopefully, if you feel like it, maybe you'll buy from us." You know what I mean? It's a little bit yeah. of that, but. Just to say that there's a lot of possibility for taking things from the past, if you're intelligent about it, and bringing it up to date, combining it with certain modern, you know, with modern things. Yeah, doing a, doing a nice little little mashup there. So uh, a couple of things that I really liked, going back to that exercise, a couple of things that I really liked about it is, is one, like, practice as a copywriter, practice going through that process of how am I going to word things? How am I going to present an idea? How am I going to solve this problem? That's a useful thing. But I think what's missing, so, so this is both where, where you exactly hit what I try and teach copywriters to do, and you took it one step further. I think what's missing from so many people when they try to do the handwritten thing is it becomes a mindless monotonous sure. task right and so you're challenging writers to study what i've called the deep structure i think you called it something similar but um the but this underlying structure like what is being said what order are they saying it in how does one point built build on another you're challenging them to pull that out and then take it uh, one step further by using that to write their own ad um so can you speak to like the importance of the underlying structure and not the not the superficial words of the copy and how how you think about that yeah i mean i think one of the things that makes good copywriters right is the ability to zoom in and zoom out right 
to okay. so many yeah. people just zoom in and they're like, oh, this is how this works. This word before this word, right? This is. Yeah. Um, but good copywriters can also zoom out and say, oh, I get the overall structure, right? It's benefit proof, benefit proof, benefit proof, or else it's benefit, benefit, proof, proof, benefit, benefit, whatever it is, right? Or maybe yeah. it's story. Maybe it's, maybe there's an interweavingness to it. But they look for that. They see that. They see patterns. Um, you know, Joe Joe Schrieffer over at he, he was over at Agora for a long time. Um, he always to me had a genius for he would look at something and go, oh, that's you know, that's Motley Fool combined with a little bit of Money Map Press plus a little bit of Stansberry and the way they tell the story, right? Like he really, he really had studied this stuff in a deep way. And I think when you study in a deep way, you you recognize fingerprints, right? You go, oh, that's a Stansberry promotion. That's a Money Map Press promotion. I know what they do. Um, yeah. And when you understand copy like that, you're in so much better of a position, not necessarily to imitate, right, what they yeah. do, um, but you may want to take their structure or you may want to find your own structure, which is a blend, right? You learn so much from that. Yeah, it's funny. I uh, when I when I was in high school, I used to break dance, and uh, right. one of the uh, one of the guys that I break dance with was also an incredible like MC rapper, like just incredibly talented, off the top of his head. Um, and I asked him, "How did you get so good?" Mm-hmm. And he said that he he just started memorizing different people's work and so he'd memorize this group or this person's work and this person's work and this person's work and this person's work and he says at some point when you've when you have practiced all their styles to the point that you sound like each of them as you do their stuff all of that kind of smashes together in your own style and then there are those fingerprints of all the other people let's say in a line here a line here a line here mm-hmm. But then as it's coming out, it feels fresh and unique and original because it's all of your influences mixed up in your brain. And it's really cool to see that in copy too, like the Joe, Joe Schrieffer example. Uh, so there's another, another lesson that you've taught on copywriting a few times over um, called the, the magic copy square. Right. And I, I love it because it's so... It's such a simple way to present the um, what can feel like a, I guess, a, a complex idea. Um, can you describe it? Should should I grab up my whiteboard uh, pens and and draw it on the whiteboard sure, behind you can me? Draw it in the black background as I describe yeah. it. You know, you've got the you've got the believability line at the bottom, right? Like how believable you can make an arrow, right, go into the right. And that's, you know, do people believe what you're saying? Do you have proof, right? Do they trust you? And then going up is um, benefit. Trying to write going up here. Right. Can you, Uh, you know, make a million dollars, can get rid of your arthritis. While you're at it, you could also, you know, have better sex and meet Elvis, right? How many (laughs) benefits have you got in there? But of course, there's a relationship because as you start to say, you know, you can, you know, lose weight, have better sex, meet Elvis, you know, you, the believability 
starts to go down. And you're going to have to do a lot of work to make me believe I'm really going to meet Elvis because he's dead. And, you know, the odds are I'm really not. So you have to be careful when you up the benefit. It, it leads you to have to increase the believability at the same time. So yeah. if, if, you, if you've got low benefit and low believability, that bottom left box, right? Then yes. it's, it's just like fail, right? That's just, <laughs> you, you know. If you've got yes. high benefit, right? If you're going up, then you've got that it becomes hype because you've got benefit, but you don't have the believability. So you're going to make a million dollars. Yeah. And you're going to do this and you're going to drive a nice car and everyone's going to love you. And so if you're, if you have low benefit, but you have high believability, right? The bottom right, um, then you have like, who cares? Right? Like, yes, I believe you. I trust you. But I I don't want what you're selling. I I don't care about you know whatever uh, maybe yeah. whatever it is right. It's just not. But if you have enough benefit and you've got a lot of believability, then it's like sold. That's the dollar sign. That's the the um you know that's the box you want to be in. And obviously, when you're over in the hype box, you want to move over to the right, right? You want to add the believability. If you're in the who cares box, right? You've got the believability, you've got the trust, but there's not enough benefit. You want to up the benefit. So, so it's this, oh, it's this this constant challenge as the copywriters to say, okay, have I promised enough benefit? Have I have I like made this exciting enough? And I think you know, the industry seems to go through periods where there's a lot of compliance. Mm -hmm. thought right now a lot of a lot of focus on compliance right now where where you do have to pull back on on some of the the big promises right. um maybe because we have been hanging out in the hype zone a little too long um and 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 then there appear and and you can end up in in a situation um like i've i've worked with marketers who are just all believability and then it can be hard to find what what drives the benefits and the promises up. Um, but then on the other side of it, there are there are the marketers who who don't even think about believability. And I think, I think especially as a new copywriter, it's 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 easy to miss all the little references that somebody like you will throw in there um, to um to let's say, for example, a study or or uh, a quote from some famous person quoted yeah. in some in some relevant journal that actually makes it all sit on this on this foundation of believability. I think what's exciting about believability too is there's different to both believability and benefit is there's different dimensions even to believability and benefit, right? Like believability isn't just surveys and studies and Harvard Medical School says this, but it's also like how much do you trust the person that's talking? Is he wearing a white coat? Is he Dr. Gundry? And I'll believe yeah. anything he says, right? Because of his background and his white hair and his his cool glasses and his his manner. Um, does he have the trappings of believability? Um, and it's the same thing with benefit, right? There's not just benefit like getting more of something, right? Getting yes. Benefit. There's also the, the dimension of relevance. How relevant is this benefit to me? Because you can help the reader understand that this benefit is relevant. You can help the reader understand that if he gets this thing, 
it will enable him to get other things that he wants in life, like recognition, right? Security, um, you know, living longer, right? But yeah. you have to you have to help him see that. That's part of the benefit, you know, part so, of the equation. So that speaks to a, a different lesson that I that I heard from you, um, and that echoes something. Uh, from Clayton Makepeace, which is about deeper benefits, or uh, when he was working at Phillips, I think the the term that started there was dimensionalized benefits. Right. Um, so could you could you speak to could you speak to well, I guess you already you have been speaking to right, um, right. how how taking benefits deeper into someone's life beyond the the maybe the initial payoff. Yeah. Um, how do you work that into copy? Well, you know, the, the easiest way to do that is just to use the, and that means, right. Uh, okay. Is, or so what, right. So, so what, well, here's what, so what, right. <laughs> and that means this, right. And the, this is just to take it deeper, to dimensionalize it, right. You'll make more money. Well, so what, what does that mean? Well, you'll make more money. So you'll be able to buy more of the things that you want in life, right. Like that car, that vacation. Well, so what? What does that mean? Well, that means you're going to be happy. It means your family's going to be happy. It means they're going to look up to you. Your neighbors will look up to you. You'll 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 live the life that you want to live. You'll feel like a success, right? Instead of feeling like a, a failure. You know, you'll get that fulfillment that you've been looking for in life. So yeah. you could do that with anything, right? You know, your your you'll take this pill, your arthritis will will get less right yeah um, well so what what does that mean well that means you'll be able to do the things you can't do now well okay what does that mean so what well it means you'll be able to play with your grandkids right that you can't now you'll be able to pick them up so you see how that keeps getting it deeper getting it into different dimensions of things whether it's emotional or you know or or psychological or whatever direction it goes in right yeah, it's it's about those benefits just kind of cascading out through their lives, and it starts with you know, for example, to <laughs> to, to to use what I seem to see all the time from uh, from supplements that that thirty second morning ritual of popping right, that pill right, in your right. <laughs> it makes you a better grandparent. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's yeah. It's, it's important to people, you know, as I. <clears throat> It's it's the one good thing about getting older as a copywriter is you start to understand, right? That that does matter. Right? Yeah. You know, if if you know, um when even when I've had injuries, right? And I can't do something, there's a level of embarrassment from that. There's like, you know, I want to help someone with something and I can't, right? And yes, I, I can imagine if, if you have arthritis and you can't help with someone with something, or you can't you know, do something with your grandkids. Right. And then you start worrying about, you know, independence even. Yeah. That's right? a real, and, and, you know, we don't think about that. Right. Especially when we're young, we don't think about that. This idea, yeah. that, you know, that, that people when they're older are thinking, you know, I want to live independently. Um, and they worry about, about things more than they worry about, Okay, I've got a pain in my wrist. Well, so what? So my wrist hurts when I do this, and that's you know a drag. But yeah, and, you know, but 
what's more than a drag is to have to say, honey, will you open this for me? I can't do it. Right. Well, you used to be the guy that, you know, twists open the thing. Yeah. And I think, I think what's really cool there is your mind went to a very specific manifestation, like, like I think of it as like three-dimensional storytelling, right? So it's, it's no longer about the pain in the wrist. It's that moment where you have to ask like, honey, can you open this for me? And Mm -hmm. I get, I get a visual, right? I get, I get a visual of two people living together and one of them feeling uh, helpless, maybe in a way that they're not used to, or, or, or didn't used to be. Um, and those are, those are so instantly recognizable to our audience. Like even if, even if let's say I hadn't been through that Mm -hmm. particular moment personally, I have my own honey. Can you help me? Right. You relate to it. You feel it, you know, you feel for that person. And you feel yeah. like, I don't want to be that person. Absolutely. Um, so what what does your writing and research process look like for you to be able to, you know, let's imagine you're given a new project, a new supplement, a new something that you're you're going to sell. Um, what's that, what's that process look like for you to go from, okay, David, here's this, here's this, this thing that we need help with, right? All the way up to you have that story that you can use in in the headline or that you can use in the lead. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just sort of testing it out the way Gary Halbert used to just go out and talk to people. Say, hey, I'm working on this thing. It's a pill that, you know, um, you know, uh, whatever it does. Right. It makes yeah. your, it makes your, your your nails grow faster, you know. And people are like, you know, well, maybe the people are like, I don't care. I don't care about my nails going faster, right? I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, let me try this, right? Well, it makes your nails grow faster. And, you know, the faster your nails grow, um, then, uh, you know, maybe you're healthier. Like, I'll go do research now. I got to find out, like, why is that important? Then I'll go back and I'll try it again. And I'll say, your nails grow faster. It's important. Your nails Because that's a sign of good health. When your nails stop growing, that's like really bad, right? And then maybe people say, oh, wow, I never realized it was that serious, right? I want this. I go, okay, good. Now I'm now I'm ready to write this. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a funny exaggeration, but it is that sort of thing. Like going out and talking to people, you find that what you think is important may not be, you know, what's important, right? People yeah. don't do things for the, you know, people don't want to make money just for the sake of having money right? They want to make money for very specific things, right? Whether that's to be good providers for their family, or whether that's to be a big shot, or whether it's to prove their third grade teacher who never said they'd never amount to anything wrong, right? Yeah. And, and so you've got to know these these things about people. Um, and you you get to know that kind of by going out and talking to them. But the other part of your question is also talking to the client, looking at the research, going on forums. What do people talk about? What's been successful in this area? Yeah, right? which harkens back to one of your early points that uh, understanding not just what's going on in weight loss today, what are the top five competitors doing, but you know what was going on in, in weight loss 20, 50, 80 years ago. Right. So, right. Uh, but, but I, I have to, I have to dig into this a little bit because I will admit I have been guilty 
as a copywriter of wanting to hang out in my little hole and and not go go out and talk to the markets. And I feel way more socially confident today than I ever have. Uh, When I got started as a copywriter, it was hard for me to talk to you know my boss, my clients, much less my much less a total stranger about it. Um, How much time do you spend just and, and 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 what does it look like for you to confront total strangers or maybe it's not total strangers about um uh, about some of the topics that you write about well you know a lot of times it's not total strangers right sometimes it's just friends you, you know enough people there's always someone that fits into some category of um you know that's close enough to it right somebody has arthritis somebody wants to lose weight somebody you know is looking for a job or a way to make more money. Um, and then sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes you just got to hang out in a doctor's office and talk to people, you know, like Paris has done. Sometimes you got to go to a bookstore and go to that, you know, I've gone to bookstores and gone to that section and someone will be looking for a book on how to make money online. And I'll go, you know, and I'll just start talking to them. Like, like yeah. oh, what are you looking for? That's, that's interesting. I'm, you know, I may say I'm working on something like that, or I'm, you know, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book is always a good way to, you know, do research because it's a good excuse for probing. Yeah. Um, but um, no, that's, 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 that's excellent. And it gives you, I mean, I know from, from the times that I've done it, when you're, when you're talking to people, you just get, you get a a, a different sense of, of how people talk about the challenges. I, I have a project that I'm working on and it, this is actually my first project in the crypto market. And it happens to be in the middle of a year where crypto has been um, quite challenging for right. people who just bought and, and hold it. Um, and and I did actually, I, I, I went out, I found a, a way to randomly connect with people. And I just said, yeah, what do you think about crypto today? And a lot of people are like, uh, I don't know, you know, like, if you're approaching random strangers who don't have a reason to be talking about it, uh, you might have to deal with a lot of rejection, but um, I got I got so many good little tidbits like, oh, the opportunity is just gone for the little guy, and I wasn't even thinking about that type of language, um, but they were thinking, oh yeah, now it's just big money going after crypto and whatever. Right, right. that's okay. Great... I mean, that's gold though, right? Because that's out of the mouth of someone. That's just how people talk, right? The opportunity is gone for the little guy. Yeah, right? they don't, they're not going to say, "Oh, the opportunity's gone for the small investor," right? <laughs> or the opportunity's gone for the retail investor, right? Yeah, like mom, how we... mom and pop investors don't have any chance at this, right? Or, or, <laughs> or, or, or you know, we'll say, "Son, I'm guilty of this," right? You know, I'll say something like, "Or gone for the average investor," right? Yeah, who wants to think of themselves as average or the ordinary <laughs> investor, right? Nobody yeah. wants to think of themselves as ordinary. Um, remarkably and completely ordinary. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's a tough one, right? Because a a a a beginning copywriter, right? Even more than beginning copywriters, a lot of times we'll get a project like that, and they'll be like, "I know what I'll do. I'll talk about how because crypto's low, it's a buying opportunity." Yeah, yeah. You go out, you go talk to people about a buying opportunity in crypto, and you see how far you get. Right. Yeah. You see how people react to that. You it's 
the hardest thing in the world is to convince someone to buy low and sell high. Because when it's hot, you know, when it's low, it's like, I'm not buying it. Right. And when yeah. it's high, then that's when they buy it because everyone's buying it and it looks like it's going to go to the moon. So, yeah. When crypto was at 60,000, people were buying it like crazy because they saw it go up from 20 to 60. Right. That's but now that it's back to 20, they're not. It, it's a hard sell and it's a, a challenge. I know. For yeah. You. Yeah, I mean, I I am fortunate enough, and I don't want to go too deep into into this particular project, but I'm fortunate enough that that the offer itself, the product itself, comes at it from a completely different angle, um, which I believe is opportune for this moment. Um, and so, so uh, I just have to I I have to know not to. And and that's one of the great things about longevity, which is something I wanted to talk about, like longevity in the markets, longevity as a copywriter is I, I got, I decided I wanted to become a financial copywriter around really early 2008. And so I knew that I would have to learn the psychology of an investor. So I put a bunch of money into mutual funds in early 2008, which perfect timing, <laughs> um, I very quickly learned the 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 negative emotions of a copywriter when the market is down. Um, but but then you start to learn the market cycles and you start to learn how right. people react. And I observed what to what you were saying that like all the biggest fear promos worked really well in like 2010, which was the perfect time to be buying, right? And all the biggest greed promos work when the market is 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 at its peak, which is the perfect time to be fearful. <laughs> Um, so a, a different angle on longevity in direct response or, or, um, in all of this. So, so you came up in, in kind of the heyday of direct mail as a copywriter, like when direct mail volume was at its highest and you've since parlayed that into a lot of online success as well. And I believe you're still doing direct mail. So you're staying on top of what could be called old and new mediums. Um, so, and, and, and this is one thing, even just, even just like in a microcosm of a few years in direct response, there's a lot of people who shoot up and then just disappear. Right. So to, to what do you think you can attribute some of that uh, longevity of your success, not just, you know, short-term success? No, that's a good question. Um, I think part of it is always wanting to work under good people. When I was coming up, you know, I worked with Jim Rutz. I worked with John Carlton. I worked with Jim Punkry. Um, I've had my my copy reviewed by everyone from Gary Benzavenga to Clayton. And I learned, you know, from each of, of those. So I think that's, that's real important. Um, I think... You know, when you're a copywriter, you need a good blend of a little bit of insecurity is a good thing, right? A yeah. If you think you're great, right, then you're not going to learn and you're not going to listen when someone says your copy is boring or your copy is boring in this spot or whatever, right? Yes. Whereas with a little insecurity, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I kind of, I let me, what, what do I need to learn from this? What do I need to change? And you see that in the best copywriters, right? You tell yeah. Don Carlton, this copy is boring. 
And he'll say, yeah, I knew I didn't quite get this. You know, thanks for confirming it. Okay, I'm going to work on it, right? Um, and so I think that's really important. I think trying to stay current, you know, I've yeah. always kind of had a, 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 a fear of becoming outmoded. So I've always tried to stay on top of technology um, and, and put myself in a position where I've worked on projects that forced me to learn about, you know, about different kinds of technology, whether that's Facebook advertising or, you know, email and, and different web stuff and, you know, working with Ryan Levesque on uh, survey funnels when, when he was first doing survey funnels, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think that's, you know, that's part of it too. I think also, I think a lot of people are good at a certain type of copywriting, you know, okay. and then when they try to do maybe other types of copywriting, sometimes it doesn't work out so well. So maybe they're good at hype or they're good at selling a certain kind of product to a certain market, but then they sell another product to a different market or another product to the same market doesn't work as well because something else is required. Yeah. And I, I, I think I've always tried to have enough arrows in my quiver where I can kind of, maybe it's from starting out and advertising at Ogilvy and Mather, which was very, it wasn't hypey, right? It was very first class, was it, it valued craft and good writing. So yeah. I've got a lot of flexibility in terms of, you know, what I bring to writing. Okay. I, I would also, well, okay. So, so, um, One of the one one of the things that for me, um, I feel like has been a contributor, and, and maybe this is help for you too, is that study of deep structure, uh, that study of like what's this copywriter trying to do? Because if you uh, let's let's say you took like a a classic space ad or something for mm -hmm. something, and you said, okay, what is this copywriter trying to do? Uh, with this message and this message and this message and this message and they're st stylistically they did a, a print space ad or a print direct mail piece or something and you said okay but now what do i know about writing a vsl and how do i take the beats of the narrative right like using the right, right fiction right. writer's term how do i how do i take the beats of the narrative how do i take this outline and bring it into a vsl style and i feel like I guess this is kind of to your point of some copywriters get really good at writing one type of copy mm -hmm. and they struggle. But if you understand the underlying stuff, it's been my experience that, okay, my voice needs to change. Like when Jed Canty at Money Map said, you can't use that hypey language that, that, you, that you almost need to use in text on page sales letters. You can't use that when you have somebody in a suit staring at the camera. Right. <laughs> like, you can make the sales same sales points, but that person in the suit staring at the camera in a studio, like that person cannot say, but wait, there's more. Right. right. You know, unless the suit is checkered and it's a very loud tie and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, I mean, a lot of copywriting is uh, kind of pattern recognition and duplication, right? It's the yeah. ability, it's what makes people intelligent or not. It's the ability to recognize a pattern, say, I see the pattern here. I can duplicate this pattern in this application, right? Yeah. Learn from that. I, 
you know, maybe maybe I was lucky in a certain way when I got started to get into Magalogs, um, which like VSLs can be really overwhelming if you can't break down the structure and say, I mean, I remember the first time I saw a Magalog that Gary Bensavenga did. I was like, I can never do this. Look at <laughs> this thing is here. And this, 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 this. And then I said, okay, calm down. Let's just analyze this, right? Okay. He does this and then, oh, and then he's got this sidebar and then he's got another sidebar. And this is a sidebar about the product. And this is a sidebar about the psychology of the market. And then there's a sidebar about the offer, right? Or whatever it is, right? There's a, I'm yeah. seeing patterns here. I can do this, right? And I had to do, I had to do something very similar uh, to, to the point where I, I went to the designer and I said, like, do you have a template that I can look at for what this is going to be mm. on the page so that I can wrap my head around how I'm going to fill the copy in right? as well, too? Because I was so used to, at that point, just so much running narrative copy and megalogs require a little bit of a tweak to that. Yeah. It's, you can still chunk the copy exactly like you're saying. So I have to appreciate, uh, going back to Ryan Levesque, uh, and, a conversation years ago in his next level mastermind Facebook group, which I don't know if that's morphed and doesn't exist or doesn't exist anymore or whatever, but, um, I was asking copywriters about their core offer and how do they uh, like how how do they offer their services to clients? And there was a lot of confusion about it, which was kind of my point in asking the question. Right. And I was trying to get people to define core offers, and I had to look because I actually took a screenshot of a lot of the responses, and yours was in there. And and you said, Roy, I offer clients results. If it takes a limerick to get them results, I'll write I'll write a limerick. <laughs> I've forgotten about that completely, although it does sound familiar and it does sound like me. So yeah. I have to appreciate how much you cut through the clutter with that and just focused on results. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in all of your career, I suppose that billion dollars in total results generated has been a, a big driving factor in the ability to consistently get all the work that you that you desire. Yeah, I mean. I think, again, it probably comes from starting in direct mail where everything yeah. was like, you know, you're being pitted against Gary Benzavenga, you know, you're being pitted against, you know, Paris, whatever it is, and you've got to get results. The results are being measured. I mean, that's, it's true, of course, on the, on the web now as well. Right. Yeah. And usually we get to know results and we can see results and it's results oriented what we're doing. But there's not the same, there's not the same level of, um, I'll call it pressure of, okay, uh, David, we're going to spend your fee plus $25,000 in direct mail costs to test this. And we're going to spend Gary Ben Savinga's fee plus $25,000 in direct or in direct mail costs to, to test it. Right. And whoever is the winner is the one who's going to get the, the royalties yeah. in the end. It's um, there's optimization now you know it's like okay we're going to do this and if it doesn't work we're going to tweak this we're going to do this we're going to try this and get it to work yeah so obviously you have learned a ton about how to boost response how to generate results which i think brings us uh, comfortably into the call to action for anybody who is here 
and who wants to dive deeper into the world of David Deutsch. And so you have a, uh, a free report called Copywriting from A to Z, 26 Ways to Boost Response. And it's at your website, davidldeutsch.com. And don't worry if you can't spell that or you wonder about spelling it, it is the first link in the description. Um, David, can you describe what's in that report and why I, as a copywriter, marketer, copywriter, entrepreneur, should be interested in, in diving in? Yeah, that report is, well, just literally what it says, copywriting from A to Z. So it's kind of a little mnemonic device, right? Which is kind of fun. Like A is for, you know, I can't remember what A stands for, but, you know, for every letter of the alphabet, there's a copywriting technique exemplified from that, exemplified, you know, by that, that starts with that letter, right? Yes. Um, And it's 26 ways, therefore, to, you know, from A to Z to boost response. Yes. Um, and I, I have, I've gone through that report and it's, it's excellent. And so I would encourage anybody who's listening. Um, I mean, David is someone who, who I learned years ago, uh, about the same time, I think that I heard about, um, Gary Bensvinga and Clayton Makepeace and some mm-hmm. of the true greats of our industry. Um, I, I learned, you know, pay attention to what David has to say. And I feel fortunate that, you know, we're able to, to chat here. And I would encourage everybody who's who's listening or watching to go ahead and just go download that. And David has, of course, like any good copywriter or marketer, more ways that you can uh, go deeper into his world that you would be encouraged to and you would benefit from checking out as well. Um, so again, the, the website is davidldeutsch.com. The link is in the description. Uh, last name is spelled D-E-U-T-S-C-H. And um, yeah, David, thank you for joining me for this uh, Breakthrough Marketing Secrets interview episode. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. It's been fun talking with you. Excellent. And to everybody who's who's been watching and listening, thank you for, for tuning in. And uh, I'll say don't forget to like and subscribe so you can get more <laughs> awesome interviews like this. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.